The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's a momentous day in English football, not since March the 9th. That's 271 days ago have we seen fans inside stadiums enjoying the beautiful game. Today, they're back, albeit in small numbers. West Ham Manchester United on NBC at 12.30 is the first game to get those turnstiles working again. Plenty of protocols and guidelines for the lucky few to follow. And tomorrow, the North London derby will also let 2,000 Spurs fans into the ground. A small step towards football as we knew it. Plenty of protocols and measures and guidelines, as I say. Every fan to wear a mask. No away fans are allowed yet. Social distancing continues. A staggered entry and exit set of procedures have been implemented. Every fan has to complete a health questionnaire and agree to the club's supporter code of conduct. They've got to also sign up for the National Health Service's track and trace program. They've got to get their temperature and have their ID checked upon arrival and avoid excessive singing, shouting and hugging. Good morning. Welcome inside the studio. I'm Rebecca Lowe, Robbie Musso with me, and the fans, Robbie, are back. It is a hugely significant day in the Premier League and in English football. It is going to be a lovely moment when we get those first shots coming in, which we will show you, of course, of when those first West Ham fans arrive for the game against Manchester United later on NBC. So, first of all, your reaction to us seeing some of the supporters again. It's a great day. And, of course, the fans have waited so long to get back and see their favourite teams. We know, Rebecca, in England... Football is such an important part of daily life. It really, really is. So the fans starting to come back now is such an important part. I haven't seen their teams for so long now. And it's going to be interesting because in some ways the players will reconnect with their supporters. You know, it's been, it has been such a long time. And the clubs have changed. What's the fans' opinions going to be of the clubs, certain players, certain managers? They're going to come back and see teams that were at the top of the league... Uh, like Spurs and teams that are really struggling, like Sheffield United. Like, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they do reconnect. But I'm sure the players will be so much happier that there's something going on in the stadium when they play their football. It's done in a regionalised way. So the five stadiums that are going to have fans are in Tier 2 and the other stadiums that are not allowed fans are in Tier 3. Now, there's a review of this from the government on December the 16th, so hopefully that will change. Those grounds can move into Tier 2 and they too can welcome back 2,000 fans and then slowly we can kind of get back to a much fuller stadium, Robbie. And the players themselves will no doubt be so excited because playing in front of these empty stadiums and having to get used to that, not knowing when it's going to change, how hard will that have been for I can't, them? I can't imagine, Rebecca. I can't imagine. All, all I can say is that it must have felt like you're playing in the pre-season game. Not really an important match. You're there. There's no atmosphere, of course. And for players and teams to have done as well as they have in terms of the entertainment, Rebecca, we've seen so far this season, with the amount of goals and the amount of drama we've seen has been astonishing given, you know, you're playing out there and you're hearing each other shout and you're hearing the manager shout. It's going to start just start to feel very different for those players, finally. There has been a debate because, of course, as I said, some have fans, some don't, as to whether or not there's an advantage, therefore, to the likes of West Ham, the likes of Liverpool and Tottenham, who have some fans back in, and a disadvantage to others. Where do you stand on that line? First of all, I don't care about any advantage, given the situation, given this virus, given what so many people have been through all over the UK, all over the world. You know, 
there might be a slight advantage, Rebecca. If I'm, if I'm running out at my stadium and there's 2,000 fans in there and there's a bit of a feel-good factor that's going to start to come back to my club, maybe it gives me a little bit more motivation. I've got fans around me to, to do my thing and play well and win games for them. But come on, I think in the bigger picture, the bigger scheme of things, it's not important. And, and the managers that, that kind of say, oh, maybe it's not fair, ridiculous. Given the situation, let's get out there, let's get the fans back in there wherever they can. Mm. And it's, of course, a, it's a step towards what we all want, is four stadiums again. And 2,000 West Ham United fans right now have already begun their match day routine. Every fan has got it in the UK, and those West Ham fans are starting that already today. If you're a Burnley fan, I should say, then you'll yep. probably you'll take a point from that game. You certainly would have done before the game. As an Everton fan, the lack of clean sheets, the lack of consistency, mm. how frustrated do you think they'll be? I think they'll be disappointed. I think the fans will be disappointed. We, we all got excited about Everton early on, and they mm. played some wonderful football in this game, given Burnley's situation, given the way that they play, and they kind of do allow you to play a little bit. I just expected Everton to play more, to dominate more, mm. to ask more questions in this second half. They got 1-1. They got the momentum, Rob, from, mm. from half-time. Go on there and, and show us how good you are. And we saw a few moments there, but again, not many highlights for Everton chances. They'll be disappointed. What do you think Carlo Ancelotti's biggest issue is with this team right now? The, the Everton we're seeing now is the Everton that we've seen in the past under other managers, Rebecca. And Robbie's right because four wins, I think, in the first four, we, we were all thinking, OK, this is the time Everton hang on to the coattails of the, of the top four. They're starting to go back towards mid-table and, and that's not where Everton should be and, and want to be under Angelotti. At the back, first, clean, first day of the season, one a clean sheet. I haven't kept a clean sheet since. Up front, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin's goals have been an absolute saviour for the team. I was looking at Burnley and thinking, if they had a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, They'd be mid-table and now a trouble and Everton would be, be in a bit of a mess. The midfield control and creativity that was there early in the season is not working we, as we well. We talked about how this team had been transformed from new midfield players yeah. that have come in that were in the side mm -hmm. and other players were playing at a different level. That's what's it's, got a disappointment in the dropped fans. Off, that's it? dropped off, Yeah, That's, that's kind off. of gone for now, which mm. is... And the onus is on Carlo Ancelotti to rediscover yeah, that, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah. And players that had initial boost to... to to realise that this is a marathon in this league and it's not easy every week and, and get back... Into One individual, Richarlison, after he got the red card, has not quite picked his form up. And, and it's funny, Rob, you'll know, won't you? Sometimes you're in a match with him, things are going well, and then that's yeah. broken and you just can't quite get up at that level. He's important to him, get him playing well, and you start seeing Everton play well as well. OK, game one of the day finishes 1-1 between Burnley and Everton. So Manchester City then, Robbie L sitting in, mm. in fourth place. As I say, three points behind league leaders yeah. and they'll have a game in hand by the end of the weekend. Um, I mean, they're right back in it now, aren't they? It feels back to something like normal, Rebecca. The goals, the consistency, the performances didn't kick on maybe in the manner that we've seen City in the past. But a lot of that has to go down to credit to Fulham, who were so much better in the second half. But no muscle injuries, it looks like. Between two European games, that, that's just what Pep wanted. How much further can they go, Man City, in terms of improvements? They can, they can get a lot better. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to get a lot of points. They're going to be 80s, 90 points. They're that good. Two losses is worrying at this stage. But given what we're seeing and given the injuries at Liverpool and, the, and the, with the, this COVID season and being difficult and, and lots of matches, they win games easily. They're absolutely happy rotating players now. They've done it ever since Pep's been there. Comfortable, lots of good players. Easy win today. They're going to be in that area and challenge at the very top. 
He didn't have a lot to do today, but I just want to talk to you about John Stones, a player yeah. at the back who's found his way back into the starting lineup. Mm. Laporte today on the bench. It's been a yeah. long row for John Stones. It has, and he had one odd moment when he tried to play ball back to the goalkeeper, but generally his focus looks back, his maturity's back. Sometimes you have to have these dark times and, and have a dip of form to, to come again, to rethink about it, to, to, to value it a little bit more than he has in the past. But he, he looks a more serious defender now and, and that's something that's important because Manchester City need him. Was it last chance for John Stones? Yeah, absolutely last chance Robert. Mm. I, I think, you know, Pep's given him time and he's got this opportunity. I think if this time doesn't work, I, I think Manchester City move on, but right now he's an important part of, of the team. And from Fulham's perspective, we said at half-time they would take 2-0. There's some positives they can take out of today's game. Yeah, they were better. He changed the system in the second half and just fought the back. More players forward, but you have to remember, of course, that Man City have come right off the pace. They're cruising a little bit. 2-0 away from home. I guess Scott Parker's relatively happy with, though it seems so difficult mm. to say that when you lose a game of football. He, he got a performance that will yeah, give him better. hope with Liverpool next week coming up. Yeah, indeed, the champions mm. to come. Lovely to hang on at the end mm -hmm. there and see those scenes mm -hmm. once again, the manager clapping the fans. We talked, Robbie Musso, before the game about seeing how Lampard and Chelsea navigated the test posed by Leeds United. How impressed have you been by what they did today? Very, very impressed. That's a tricky game. They're a difficult opponent. The way that they play surprises teams, makes it difficult. They hung in there. Apart from one fantastic Calvin Phillips ball, Rob, mm. there wasn't that many opportunities that Leeds got against Chelsea. That's a great sign. Chelsea fans have just met new Chelsea, and that's got to be exciting. That last goal shows it with Werner's speed and the goal from Pulisic. He's, Thiago Silva looked a million bucks back there. They've got a goalkeeper now that gives confidence to everybody. That is what these fans will be excited about, and that's why Andy Townsend in commentary says they can win the title. That was impressive. How much further on are Chelsea today than when we sat here at the beginning of the season, which was, what, September now? So three months in, mm. two to three months in, how much better are they now? What I would say to... How I'd answer that is we know what we're going to get from Chelsea now. We didn't at the start of the season. It was a bit up and down. We weren't sure defensively. Those shots at the end of the game where Frank's clapping the fans... Kanye says to me, there's something happening at this club. And, and fans have had to watch it from the sofa. And, and 2,000 of them are in today, and hopefully numbers are going to grow. But their football, their ability to hang in games, their ability to, to dampen the fire that Leeds had, their football found a way to disarm Leeds. In the end, Leeds became a bit ragged. The game became a bit open due to what Ch Chelsea did. Last week, they had to deal with the dangers of Spurs on a counter-attack. Got a nil-nil, it's a good point. Today, they had to deal with the threats that Leeds won the game, got three points. This team are finding a way for their football to get them results. Quick line for Leeds. Yeah, tough today. Tough today. Uh, we'll see in the highlight, they might have had a penalty towards the end of that mm. second half, but they tried everything at Leeds today. But going back quickly to Chelsea... They had the energy, Rebecca, and the youth to match the energy that we've seen since Leeds United. Leeds have run over some teams this year, but Chelsea, you know, they've got different ways now to stop teams hurting them, and they showed it again today. Yesterday, the voice of football returned. The familiar sounds and sights of fans back inside both London Stadium and Stamford Bridge warmed the heart and reminded us all that football is really made by its fans. We shall see more of that today. 2,000 Spurs fans may not have slept a wink with excitement ahead of the first North London derby with supporters in 15 months. The road to recovery has begun. Plenty of safety measures, though. Those 2,000 fans both heading inside 
Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and Anfield later will have to go through. They'll have to wear a face covering. Social distancing continues. Temperature and ID checks upon arrival. Staggered entry and staggered exit procedures. They need to complete a health questionnaire. Sign up for the NHS Track and Trace program, which is an app on their phones. They have to agree to the club's supporter code of conduct. No away fans at this point are allowed. And they must avoid excessive singing, shouting and hugging. That last one yesterday proved a little tricky. Good morning. Welcome mm. along to Peacock Premium. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Robbie Earl with me on this Sunday morning. Well, Robbie, as I said, there was plenty of singing yesterday. Yeah. Plenty of happiness mm. around. I went home really on a high just yeah. from seeing, even though it was 2000, there yeah. was fans, there was noise, there was interaction between players and the managers and the fans. Mm. How did it make you feel? Absolutely. I, I was the same, thinking about the scenes, thinking about the noise and the atmosphere. And there's some, some kind of almost like magical connection between players and fans. And, and it's almost like when you go to the cinema and you watch a great film. You go to theatre and, and see a great show. When you go to football, it, it takes you almost to, to a different kind of world. You get drawn into the 90 minutes, to the preparation before, to the half-time, getting your cup of tea and your pie and your bovril and the camaraderie and being with a group of people who've all got the same aim. And, and, and some of the scenes we saw, whether it was 2,000 people and hopefully we'll get to four and eight and ten, they just showed and the noise that they, they gave told me that, you know, football hopefully is getting back to something like norm and hopefully we'll get the fans back in there in total. And, you know, Robbie, there are not many silver linings to take out of 2020 in the coronavirus situation, but perhaps one of them is that certainly in the case of being a fan at Mm. football, Mm. that's something you and I and everybody else took for granted. Not their fault, but, Mm. of course, we didn't know any different. We always knew we could go to a football match. Absolutely. With everything that's happened in Mm. 2020... They'll never take it for granted again, which might just change the way people approach. Going yeah, and, and change the way you think about things. I mean, you know, I think when anyone will talk about the Premier League, you say the players are, are the most important thing, and that's right. But I'll tell you what's, what comes a close second, the fans. Because we've seen with, with great players, with great games, with great occasions, without fans, it, it, it's hollow. There's been something missing. And um, what we saw and what we saw with the protocols and what we saw with, with the noise and, and, you know, Pogba at West Ham United, you know, if Paul Pogba was at Manchester United, the guy who's doing the sound for the game wouldn't press the boo button when Paul Pogba gets the, the ball, but the fans have a right to, to, to boo the, the, the players they don't like in the opposition and cheer for their own. And, and that was all part of, that's all part of the theatre, the drama that is the Premier League. There was the argument about whether or not it gave the teams an advantage, those teams mm-hmm. like West Ham yesterday who had home fans. Well, obviously not, because yes, they no. played well in the first half, yeah. but in the end, Manchester United won that game yesterday. The North London derby later, mm. the Tottenham fans, 2,000 of those. Do you think that might have an effect in terms of giving those Spurs players who are already in good form yeah. just that extra boost? I do, because I go to Stamford Bridge yesterday, Rebecca. There was definitely something with the fans. There was definitely when the goals go in. There was definitely the noise and the anticipation and the scenes we see after with Frank where he's hugging his players but he's going to his fans and he's starting that connection because it feels like something good is happening at that football club. I think at Tottenham we're going to see the same and and as much as the players have missed the fans, the fans have missed the players as well and for them to see Tottenham who were riding at the top of the table and the chance to go back there today if they win again, that's going to add to the occasion. Certainly was. Crystal Palace up to 11th in the Premier League. West Brom stays second, mm. bottom, and a point from safety. Where do you think this leaves Slavin Bilic, Robbie? 
It leaves him in trouble, Rebecca. And Slavin's been in the game a long time, and, and a lot of people have a lot of good affinity for, for Slavin. He, he's one of the good guys in football. But when your team win last week against Sheffield United, and you start to think, well, maybe this is a chance to, to get a bit of form, to get something back, and your team, well, almost surrender in the second half. Now, the Pereira incident was, was huge, and he's let his manager and his teammates down. But can you but, fire him on the back of going down to 10 men in the first no, half? No, you can't fire him, but I think the, these questions are going to be asked. There'll, there'll, be a, there'll be a spotlight on him now, and I think the next three games coming up are, are, is Newcastle next. Yeah. And, and then Man City, Man City and, and Aston Villa. Those are games. He's got to get some points, Rebecca. They've conceded now 23 goals in the Premier League after most of any team in the league. I mean, and they're not looking like they're going to score loads at, at the other end. Colin Grant is really struggling. So it's not a good combination. It's not a good time for Slaven Bilic. If you were the owner of West Brom and Jarvian, yeah. would you be tempted to make a change before the festive fixtures really get going with mm. all those points yeah. that are potentially yeah. up for grabs? I would because I've got to... I, the aim for West Bromwich Albion is 17-point place or higher. I've got to grab one or two teams and keep them in, in the fight with me. I can't afford this to go too long. I want to give somebody some time to get a few games under the belt, assess the squad, have a look what they might want to do in the January window, and then go for it in the second half of the season to make sure we stay in the league. And because of that, because it's taken West Brom, you know, they were so driven to get back in this league, I think there's going to be pressure on Slavin over the next week or two. If they don't win games... I expect to see a change. And if there was a change, is there anyone out there that could fit the bill? There's a certain Samuel Allardyce who'd be on my speed dial. Sam, keep us up. One of the only clubs Sam Allardyce hasn't managed. No, yet. actually. Yes. From Albion. <laughs> yeah. A two-footer on the corner flag, and that is the shot of the day. Mm. Chris Wilder just seconds away from a valuable point. They've only oh. got one on the oh. board so far, and it's taken away from them. Robbie Earl, what did you make then of Sheffield United's day? There was a performance there, Rebecca, and there were things to build off, but no points. And right now, the points are way more important. They've they haven't won the last 14 Premier League games. 13 defeats, one draw. Going back to last season, there was the warning signs were there, and I'm afraid, unfortunately, things are not looking good. Robbie Mustard, do you have faith in Chris Wilder? Well, I do. I like what he's done to this point, but it's starting to get to a, to a numbers game. Mm. They've got 27 games left, Rebecca. They've got to win 10 matches. You're starting to get a situation where one in three games they've got to win. Yeah. And what we've seen so far, obviously, we haven't seen them have the ability to do that. But this was so important just to get the point, mm. to stop the bleeding and maybe start building a, a run after that. It was already their worst, the worst ever start to a Premier yeah. League season. They're on pace for less than four points by the end of the season. Harry, beating Arsenal to go back top of the table. How good a day at the office is that? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, exactly what we set out for, obviously. Um, yeah, played well in the first half. Obviously, second half was a bit of a grind. Doug did, defended well. Um, they didn't create too many uh, clear-cut uh, clear chances. Uh, but yeah, delighted with a win. It says a good day at the office. How much the icing on the cake for you now to be the all-time leading goal scorer in the North London derby? Yeah, no, it's nice. Obviously, uh, a great assist from Sonny. It was nice to see it go in. Um, but like, like we always say, the most important thing is the three points. And, uh, yeah, fantastic win. It's been a tough tough few games and we've come out well. So we just got to keep it going now. Yet again, it is the Kane-Son double act. What is it about you two and what you have between you? Yeah, we're just feeling good. You know, we're, we're both, I think, at an age now where we're coming into... Uh, Maybe our prime in terms of understanding the game, understanding each other. Um, and yeah, when I'm passing him through and he's cutting inside and whipping them in, in the top bins, 
yeah, it's, a, it's, an, it's an easy game for me. But um, no, delighted with, uh, with the result. Uh, boys dug deep, defended, defenders uh, from crosses, fantastic. You did your own fair share of defending. Tell us about the adaptation of your game because you had more touches in your own box than you did the opposition today. Yeah, it's one of them. It's, it's a season where uh, we're all pulling in the right direction. Everyone on the pitch is, is ready to defend, attack, do what it takes to win the game. Um, and obviously set pieces are a massive part of it. They had a lot today. Uh, and the role I'm playing, that's uh, vital for the team to try and clear as many as possible. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to do it. Uh, I'm happy to win games. Uh, and that's the most important thing. How comfortable are you that the opposition has so much possession? Yeah, it's one of them. Obviously, I think we could have been better on the ball in the second half. It weren't how we wanted it to play, but sometimes games uh, turn into a situation where you just have to adapt, and then that was what happened today. Arsenal played well. Uh, they kept the ball well. We couldn't really get out of our half. But like I said, they didn't create too many clear chances, so uh, it shows our defensive capabilities. Now, the manager says you're just a little pony in a big race, up against big racehorses. What do the players say? You're back top again. Just one game at a time. You know, we're, we're doing well. It's been a, a tough period, but the results like this in the last couple of weeks will only help us. So uh, we go away to Paris, obviously, next week, and then Liverpool. So the tough games just keep on coming. Well done, Ty Harry. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Well, he's talking the talk, and my goodness, is he walking the walk. It doesn't sound like those Spurs mm. fans are going anywhere anytime soon. It's difficult to imagine Arlo White and Graham Lasso that Harry Kane could have got much better, but this season he has most certainly, under Jose mm. Mourinho, taken a giant step forward in his all-round play. Yeah, he's gone up another level, hasn't he, Rebecca? The mist is rolling dramatically in to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, just above the South Stand. The Spurs fans were in tremendous voice. Kane is the new record holder for goal scoring in North London derbies. Son, he's combining beautifully with. Is all the recipe there? Five clean sheets in the last six, by the way. They've only conceded one goal in that time. Is the recipe there for a serious title challenge? Yeah, it is. It most certainly is. I think I always look at teams that are serious contenders and you... You need to work out how they're playing. And if you can sit up here where we are and, and within five, ten minutes of the game starting, you can tell how they're set up. Mm. Harry Kane mentioned being adaptable. Of course you had to adapt. They, uh, and they'll have to adapt to plenty of challenges ahead of them. But the basics are there. Um, the quality, certainly. The belief in, in each other, the way they're playing. Um, they're, they're a really good, solid team. They've and got partnerships throughout the pitch, haven't they, as well? Yeah, they have. We mentioned it in commentary, you know, whether it's a full-back and the player in front of him, whether it's your two centre-backs, obviously Son and Kane, fantastic partnership. Um, Hoiberg and Sissoko in the middle. And, and that, for me, gives me the impression that there's a, there's a togetherness in those, in those partnerships and understanding a, a way of complementing each other and... and giving to that that, mm. that that other player. And that just builds a, builds bonds throughout the team and that means that they can attack together and compensate and they can defend as a unit and really work hard for each other. Arsenal, six defeats <clears throat> in their opening 11 games. They're not scoring goals, but they're putting so many crosses into the penalty area. If, if Arsenal had a Harry Kane type, he'd have got a, maybe got a, a couple of goals today. Why are they not getting on the end of these balls? I think there is a lack of belief in that final um, final product. Um, Lacazette, a little bit hesitant, uh, a bit reluctant. Aubameyang, large spells of the game where you didn't, you didn't see him. He couldn't find space for himself. I think it was once he got in a situation where he's running at somebody, mm. and, and we normally used to see, seeing him doing that. So there's, there, there were lots of things that they did well, but in the end... 
the outcomes just aren't there for them. And they've got to get over that very quickly. Whether it's a lucky goal, it doesn't matter. They've mm. got to score and they've got to win. They've got to do it quickly. Well, Graham, it's the Manchester derby for us uh, next Saturday, which we're looking forward to. Why don't we hear from Jose Mourinho uh, down below? He was speaking a few moments ago. Jose, how would you sum up that performance and the result that takes you back top of the table? I think it was a big game. Uh, not just because it's Tottenham Arsenal, but it was a big game in every sense. Um, I want to give a good words, congratulations to Mikel, because he gave us a very difficult game. Uh, tactically, they are very good. They were very well organised. They were building with... Uh, with four, defending with five, then in the second half, they were trying to, to find the triangles on the sides. They gave us problems, problems that we managed to, to resolve because the players in this moment, they have good tactical culture. And even above that, they have an incredible, an incredible spirit. But they gave, us, they gave us problems because they are a good team and he's a good coach. Um, but we deserve to win, I guess, because uh, two amazing goals and then always very solid. Uh, even in the second half, of course, we dropped uh, uh, the block and uh, we normally do the change uh, Geo with, with Tangi and without Tangi. We were a bit short in, in there and uh, Geo is in a phase where to play 90 minutes on Thursday today uh, to play 90 again was, was too much. So we were reading the game and making the changes to win it because 2-0 uh, the game was was in our hands against a great and difficult opponent, but I, I, I believe my boys deserve it. You praise Arsenal for their performance today. Were you 100% happy with yours? Because they had a lot of possession, and particularly the second half, they controlled the game, but you won the game. Yeah, but uh, I'm very happy. Of course, I'm very happy with the result, with the performance, but uh, of course I want the team in, in the second half to be able to play um, in a different way. Uh, but the reality is that sometimes you don't do what you want to do because the opponent forced you mm -hmm. in a certain direction. And of course, it was a moment of not to taking any risks because we were 2 nil up, not even 1 nil. So it was not the moment to, to take any risk. It was not the moment. Because when they start building with three, uh, dropping one of, of the midfielders to the side of the two centre backs, we could press them with one winger which we would normally do in case of we are not uh, winning the game. But you are winning 2-0, why are you going to expose your defensive block? You don't have to. <laughs> we, we are not guilty of being 2-0 up. So, again, I repeat, it was a very difficult game. Even to, even to think during the game, when to change, what to do, they gave us a difficult game. So, of course, I can imagine that tomorrow the, the headlines will be about them being in a, not a good position on the table but I believe with these players with, with, with Mikel, Arsenal will be Arsenal again. What would you say about the fact you also too have two arguably world class players and finishers in Son and Kane not only talked as a world class individually, in fact combining in a world class combustion. And uh, working like animals with all the respect for animals I love animals, don't get me wrong uh, but working amazing hard when the team didn't have the ball. Harry Kane cleaning balls in, in, in the box. Uh, Sonny in the first 60 minutes as a winger working a lot on Bellerin. Then as a second striker working a lot in, in their centre-backs. This is not just about scoring goals and being world-class players. They are also great guys, great professionals that give everything for the team. Back top of the table. Is the little horse getting bigger? 
we have three more points than than we had. We grew up, of course, we grew up. Um, you know, I, I I can imagine that lots of people would imagine three matches in a row: um, Man City, Chelsea, and uh, and Arsenal would be a moment for us to to drop points and to go back to normality. Uh, but we didn't go Is back. This the new normal we didn't first? go back to normality. We won seven points out of out of nine, and we are um, we are there. We just are there. So I I believe that one more week top of the league unless Liverpool wins by many and with Wolves they don't win by many. We shall see. Thanks Jose. Thank you. I'm sure animals across the world didn't take offence <laughs> being compared to Min Son and Harry Kane there. It's so interesting hearing him talk, Robbie Musso, because mm. he was asked there about the manner in which they won the game, the performance, and whether or not he was happy because they didn't have a lot of the ball. And he sort of made out like he would have liked to have played better, but he doesn't care, does he? He doesn't really care. Doesn't. doesn't care one bit. And this is what we've seen <laughs> over his whole career, whichever country he's been in, by the way. This is how he does things. He gets a 2-0 lead. He's going to make sure that he does everything in his power to secure that and to keep a clean sheet, to the point where Ben Davis comes on for La Celso. Joe Roden comes on, I think it was the 94th minute. Mm. Another centre-back, another defender. They ended up with five or six playing defensively um, to make sure they secure it. The damage was done in the first half. Classic um, Mourinho, classic kind of Kane and Hyomin Sunder score. Those wonderful goals. And it was always going to be difficult for Arsenal. Mm. We want him to step up. I asked for him to step up and show us. But to be fair, that's tough to find a way through Sissoko, Hoiberg, uh, and then a back four, five, six towards the end. So that, that was difficult. Well, Harry Kane, Robbie, talked about yeah. the grinding yeah. out in the second half. You wanted to pick out a couple of moments, didn't you, about the way that Spurs did grind out this win using their defence? I did, and, and collectively, I, there was a couple of instances in the game where I thought, look at the numbers back, look at, look at how everybody's committed. And one of the things that, that Jose's done is got world-class players being committed to the work rate. And Son and, and Harry Kane could. Well, just look at this situation. So Williams in a wide position, he's going to cross it into the box. Look how many white shirts are in there. Look how many players are making sure that Hugo Lloris doesn't have to work hard to, to, to stop this shot. Again, a corner comes in from, from a wide area. Look at the bodies. Look how they want to get the ball out of that defensive area. And the one thing I would say, Bex, is in the past under Pochettino, Spurs play some great football. Pochettino was a really good manager who I lifted this club to another level. 2-0 up with Pochettino at half-time and Arsenal with all that possession. I'd be thinking... Oof, I don't know if they're going to quite hold on to this one. I never had a doubt from half-time what the school line So no more be. Spursy? Not Spursy anymore? It doesn't feel so Spursy with, with, with this guy in charge. And, and I've said before, the three assets for me, systems in place, did it works. The selfless work from individuals, world-class players committed to the team, and there's a spirit now. There's a togetherness. There's something that everybody's starting to bind into to understand if we continue on this trend, we're going to win games, we're going to keep clean sheets, and we're going to stay top of the table. I've got to ask you about Harry Kane, top scorer in the history of the North London derby. 27 years old, he's done that. Eight goals so far, ten assists this season. Is he the best striker in world football right now? Oh, um, Lewandowski has yeah. come straight to yeah. my mind. Yeah, but other than him, I Mbappe, no, probably. No, not now. I mean, different leagues, different comparison, yeah. I get that. Um, but he's right there, isn't he? He's right there. With this assisting part... Mm. The, Are you surprised by that? I am a little bit surprised by that. 
I, I didn't really see that coming, Rob, this yeah. season, that yeah. he was going to drop in and do so yeah. well on that side of it. I mean, he's got an able runner and, a, and an amazing finish with John Min Son, mm. but that's something where he's improved. Where yeah. I, I, yeah. We didn't, didn't see that on the pot, really, did we? We didn't no, see we didn't. that progression, and Jose yeah. Mourinho gets a lot of stick for the way he plays, and sometimes it's a little bit defensive. He's made Harry Kane a world beer. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... I made the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Okay, what's your analysis of a game where you had a lot of possession, at times a lot of control, but absolutely no joy? That this is football. Um, they had one shot on targets, scored a wonder goal, and the second one we got um, done on the break because Thomas get injured, he's not in the position, uh, he has to fall on the floor, and, and we get the second one done. But uh, I saw a team, I saw my team full of desire, passion dominating completely the game, creating all the chances, creating all the situations. But at the end, it's about the end product. And this is why they are first on the table, because they had two situations, they scored two goals. I think we have 54 crosses. I don't know how many shots, only two on target. And this game is about doing that. So we have to carry on, keep fighting, and be the team that we were today, but improving, obviously, those details. If you break it down, could you have done better on both of the goals? I think on the first one, a little bit better in the in the face, just a straight losing the ball. They are really similar. We have a situation to score a goal, and on the rebounds, if they take it, they are really good at that, holding that first ball. And Son scores from 20 yards, 25 yards in the top bin. On the second one, Thomas is out, he's limping, he's in pain, he has to come off, and we are missing a man in that transition moment. You tried to shove him back on the pitch. Presumably you thought he was in the wrong, trying to walk off of the pitch. Yeah, of course, because I wanted on the pitch, doing whatever he could for the team in that situation, because nobody's expecting that he's outside the pitch. Anyway, he could not carry on playing. He was in a lot of pain, and it's what it is. For both goals, because of the style that they play, did you overcommit? Well, I don't know. Maybe we're a little bit cautious with Son uh, not to step in a little bit earlier. But, yeah, it's, it's a wonder goal. You can go and every decision and every goal, mm -hmm. can you do it a little bit better on that situation? Is what they do really well. They've done it once because the second one I consider that we are a man down and it's very difficult to control. And at the end of the day, we lost the game. But, again, the effort, the fight, the spirits, the way they played in this stadium and uh, how much they kept trying, they never give up. It's to applause, but uh, it's not enough at the moment to win football matches because we're not scoring goals. 32 crosses today, but the goals are not coming, just 10 all season in the Premier League. How do you change that? 
Well, at the moment, he's keep insisting, keep working on those deliveries, on the areas where we are putting the ball to have the enough numbers. But at the end, we, we created enough situations today to score goals. And they will come. They will come. I know it's so frustrating. I am the first one to be frustrating. I have to support the players, keep training, keep fighting, and, and keep going. There's no any other way. You say it, it will come. You're in a really difficult moment. This is Arsenal's worst start for 45 mm -hmm. years. So when you have that sort of statistic around your neck, how much more difficult but is it for you to turn it around? It cannot be any different that a statistic you don't score goals. We cannot do. We can do anything you want, any system, any formation. We can put 55 strikers there, but if you don't score goals, you cannot win football matches. As simple as that. Do you think you're creating enough good chances for the strikers? Well, we're creating more than a space for sure, and they score two goals and we create the zero. The same happened last week against Wolves. Today, obviously a difficult day, because how much more difficult does it make it? Because it is a North London derby, and you see the gulf between yourself and the league leaders. No, I worry about our team. I had enough with that. I don't worry what the Spurs does. So goal scoring is mm. the main problem. And he was asked there whether or not he feels they're making enough chances. He felt, Robbie Musto, that they were. They often say, if you're making the chances, the goals are going to come. Are they making enough chances? Well, they didn't make good chances today. Loris made two saves. Tons of crosses went in. But as Robbie showed earlier, there was five or six, seven white shirts to head the ball away. That's not a chance. That's mm. just kind of a, not a hope in there, but that's not a chance created. Now, again... He's trying to defend his team, and I get that. And today, given the situation, the game, it's hard to create against a Jose team that's 2-0 up. It's other games. Like, only the bottom three have scored fewer goals than Spurs, and we're like than 10... Arsenal. Yeah, than Arsenal, sorry. So that, that's something he's got to address. I mean, but they didn't create more than Spurs today. Spurs looked in those two times they got free, two goals, and could have maybe done other things that they needed to. It's a complete opposite to what Jose Mourinho wants in, in his side, Rebecca, where, you know, the team can have possession. They can have those chances. We saw Man City have those chances, no goals. We saw Chelsea have those chances, no goals. And so I get what Mikel Ortas is trying to do, but if I look for the 1-11 of Spurs and think of an Arsenal player... I'm not sure anybody gets in that Spurs team right now. That's where we are. Mm. There are six London teams in the capital. There's only Fulham below Arsenal. Well, great scenes at Anfield. Fans back in. Jurgen Klopp with that customary fist-punching. and Brilliant scene. Smiling faces, Rob Earl. Mm. Um, Again, You've missed that fist pump, my friend. We have missed that. We've and missed the two Robbies takeover. Yeah, it's another, both are back in form. Both another, are back in the day. Absolutely right. Another two Robbies takeover. Um, Wow, mm. that was a little more comfortable yeah. than I expected at Anfield today. I'll tell you what, when I think about it, Rob, what's been more comfortable for Liverpool is that we've, we know that the horrendous at times the injuries they've had, that they've coped, they've coped not too bad. Mm. I look at players coming in, uh, young players sometimes, inexperienced players, because of what I believe is the culture of the football club, they're coming in, the level hasn't dropped that much. Uh, against a difficult team like Wolves, who generally do well against big six teams... Um, got the business done, mm. kept a clean sheet, mm. uh, front men scoring goals, was able to rest Diogo Jota, mm. you know, give Trent a few minutes. There's a, there's a lot of positivity, Rob, around a club that everybody was saying, with, you know, with Van Dijk's out, then Gomez is out, and Thiago Silva... Thiago well, it's only those down. three, if you look at the, what happened today and people mm. come back from injury, mm. and we know that Oxlade-Chamberlain is close by, but it's just those three players. Yeah. 
Joe Gomez, Thiago and Virgil van Dijk. The others are coming back into it. Mm. There's been a ton of talk about Spurs and what they've done today. Yeah. And we'll have a little chat about them in, in a few minutes. Mm. Um, but Liverpool, as long as those front three that we saw today, plus Diogo mm. Jota, and getting rotated, mm. that, what, is there any reason why people should feel that, that Liverpool won't get a similar amount of points, maybe? They're still going to be the team to beat, Rob. Mm. And, and, you know, players coming back in will help them. You know, a bit of rotation and resting. Mm. They can rest players in Europe this week already qualified in the yeah. Champions League. So just a few of those things, just at, at the turn of the year, might be good for Jurgen Klopp. Maybe Jurgen will be smiling a little bit because he, he's been a bit frustrated with one or two things around lately. And, and I just think that kind of win, that kind of performance, just settles everybody at the club and 2,000 fans in. Yeah. You'll never walk alone in front of the cop. It feels like it's coming together just, again. Just when I see the performance, Rob, and I, and I know midfield changes as well, mm. in terms of picking out goals, Gini Wijnaldum, that, that's some yeah. finish. He's yeah. some player. Yeah. And the versatility of playing as an attacking guy or a holding guy, he's yeah. so valuable to the club, isn't he? There was talk that he was going to be leaving, wasn't there? there was talk yeah. Whether it was Barcelona or that he would be the odd man out. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jürgen kept hold of him, made sure that he realised he was still an important part of the team. Yeah. And I never got the sense that Wijnaldum really wanted to go. I still yeah. think he's got a, a, a part to play in this football club. And yeah. I remember this week I heard... Um, Jurgen Klopp talked about his group and he said, I've got some good pros in this thing. So when the kids come in, they're learning. Wijnaldum's one, yeah. Henderson's one, Milner's one, Van Dijk's one, Fabinho's one. You know, good people around the football club, Rob. And that's why you're getting those kind of results. A little line on Wolves. Different system, 4-4-2, mm. stuck with it. Um, yeah. No, it's comfortable for back. me. They'll change back. Connor Cody particularly doesn't look happy in there. It's better, better in the three. I think the team's better in the three. Pedence and Neto both came off. It's going to be difficult for them. Raul Jimenez was yeah. so good at, at his build-up play and, and the focal point of the attack yeah. that they're going to have to find and work out a way. This Fabio Silva is a young kid still learning the trade. Traore, yeah. we know, has got speed and pace on, on the outside, but yeah. they haven't got that guy who knits it together, and that might be something it, they have to look and, at. And maybe the first time when we saw a picture there on Nuno Espirito Santo, the Wolves manager, mm. it, that's probably as down looking as I've seen him this mm. is a little test for him because yeah. everything's been so good and Brilliant. he's done an amazing job but now a couple of injuries mm. system decisions mm. his main Mexican brilliant striker out he's gonna have to kind of show yeah. us now what else he can do absolutely but um in Nuno we trust yeah. two seven Top finishes Robbie yeah. he started this weekend in seventh already never in, in danger of relegation since he's been promoted he'll, he'll be fine yeah well, you know what? Why don't we listen to the guy that we just talked about, Gini Wijnaldum. Mm -hmm. We can hear what he said afterwards at Anfield. Gini, well done. What was it like then, back in front of the cup there and scoring and for the team as a whole tonight? Uh, wonderful. It already started when we heard that the supporters were allowed at a game. So uh, we, were, we were already happy with that. And, uh, you know, when we came outside to do the warming up, they were here and they were cheering for us. So... Uh, it was a really, really good feeling uh, to have them back and, of course, to win the game with 4 0. Was that a champion's performance then tonight? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say champion's performance because we, we just uh, do our job. We have to do this every, every week. But, uh, you know, it was a good game. We played a good game. Uh, we were patient. Uh, the position play was really good and uh, we scored good goals. Did the fans, in a way, being back, sustain the performance in the second half, do you think? Of course. I think uh, they helped to increase your performance a lot because uh, they cheering for you, they support you during the game. 
and uh, before we had to do it uh, only with the bench but uh, everyone knows uh, at Enfield that the, that the supporters are fighting for the team. You've scored a few goals for Holland in recent months but were you overdue one for Liverpool? Yeah, you know, it was the uh, uh, first time that I came in front of the goal again. Uh, it was three against two. Mo and Sadio uh, made space for me and uh, I didn't shoot hard. It was just uh, on technique and the ball went in. It was a nice goal. Well, a great moment. Yeah. There's a contract on, on the table for you. What about signing it and staying? <laughs> uh, I already said it in my previous interview. I, I, don't, I don't speak about my contract situation. I speak about the games. Uh, football and uh, the club should speak about my contract but when you have nights like this and obviously more to look forward to Sorry? Liverpool when you enjoy nights like this though you see the connection here yeah of course there's a connection there was already a connection um, from from the first moment that I came here the supporters support me a lot but um, like I said before you know it's not for me to, to speak about my contract right now. That's something for the club to speak about. And how do you sum up the, the significance of the win tonight uh, when you look at the other teams who've won this weekend? Um, you know, to be fair, I, I don't think we should look at our other teams. We just should, should look at uh, ourselves. That's what we did the previous seasons also. Uh, what we just have to do is to perform, uh, give everything and play uh, 100%. And at the end of, of the year, we will see what we have. Thank you. You're welcome. A reminder of the games from today there. A tremendous victory for Crystal Palace away at West Brom. Leicester City winning late on against Sheffield United. North London Derby we'll talk about in a minute. Of course, uh, the Liverpool's impressive victory against Wolves. North London Derby, mm. Robbie Earl. Um, yes. We expected this to be quite tight. Look at the, the mm. Arsenal lineup. Mm. Um, back to kind of familiar play, uh, players in there, experienced players. Yeah. Didn't it pretty much go as most people might expect, given the differences in the approaches of two managers? I just wrote my, my note on, on this one. And, and if, if before the game you were to say, how are Spurs going to win? Or wanted for it to or go. wanted to go. It was exactly what we got. And right there is one of the reasons why, in Jose Mourinho and this group, they will have a chance. Because everything's ingrained. Right now, everything's kind of... Second nature to the players. They know what the manager wants. I heard Hoiberg, I heard Alderweireld, and I heard Eric Dyer this week doing interviews. It was like they, they were Jose Mourinho. Just repeating what he's repeating saying. Repeating what he's yeah. saying. He, he's got it in the head, Rob. He's, do, he's got the belief in the dressing room now that do what I say in the manner that I want you to do it, mm. and we will win games. We will keep clean, clean sheets. Mm. Four straight clean sheets in the Premier League now against Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Let me throw you an argument then. So... In certain games, it yeah. isn't going to be end-to-end. It no. isn't. They aren't going no. to be being able to sit back and play no. on a counter-attack. There's no. been many games where mm. they'll be expected to go forward and create. Yeah. We've given a ton of credit to Hoiberg and Sissoko yeah. and a few others. Mm. Is there enough creativity in that midfield mm. when teams mm. sit back? I hear could, the they, yeah. could they not win enough games and draw maybe too many to win the title? In the Pochettino era, it, it was the other way. Like They're going to score goals, they, they can play, but they're going to let themselves down at the back. Mm. I still think they've got, in, they've got enough of that. I still think with, with, with Bale still to come in, into the picture, who knows if Deli Alley becomes back into mm. the picture? Lo Celso and Dembele, yeah. as well as you've got the main two, Son and Kane. And the full-backs, by the way. Yeah, and the full-backs full can get the, the forward regular yeah. on, on that left-hand side. All of a sudden, Robert, I, I don't buy that as much. They, they, they've got a balance. that They can. Tip, they put six goals past Manchester United, remember? So it's not like bunkering in all the time. Mm. 
this guy's got this club yeah. where they where they want to be. And mentally now, they're in such a good place. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to see where they are right now. Amazing. When those fans more come into that stadium and, and appreciate this new-looking Spurs side, mm. it's going to be exciting times. Quick line on, on Arsenal. Wow. Just before we, you do that, just let me say, the, the, the little maybe possible cool your Jets Tottenham fans right now. Four games coming up. Crystal Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves, before we get towards the turn of the year. But they've let's, just had a good... They've just had three games. They have. But let's see how that goes. Let, let's All get right. to the turn of the year, yeah. Rob, and then let's have a look. Because if, if they're in pole position then, this guy knows how to win titles. Arteta's... How much to blame for where they are, 15th place in the Premier League? It's, it's, it's crazy looking at them now on yeah. the table. Yeah. How much so, on some, the some, some of the things in the past at Arsenal that have been, like, stuck with plaster and stuck with, with cellophane... Mm are starting to show, the creaks are starting to show. This club needs an overhaul. Mm. And a, a young manager who's shown good intentions and, and started to build something there needs backing, needs good structure within the football club, and he needs a turnaround. If Jose Mourinho had that Arsenal team today, I don't think he could win the game. Because the players are A, a either not good enough, yeah. or B, and, out, and out he of would form. be he would be throwing more under the bus. He'd be like, wow, we've yeah. got to really mm. split the squad. Yeah, I well. think... That's the realisation that Arteta probably is right now. Mm. But you still back him as an owner and a sporting yeah, director? Yeah, I, I like him. I think given time, given the right support, bringing in the right players, and there's going to have to be a change. We're talking mm. maybe next two or three years, we're talking before Arsenal mm. about competing. But um, they've got to get through a few difficult times. All right, my friend. Another fun day in the Always Premier League. A fun day. Good, good spending some time with you. And of course, if you want a little bit more of the two Robbies, you know where to go. Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, download, listen in. We get we throw podcasts out there at least once a week. Everything Premier League. Um, so please download and listen to some more. Okay, we'll see you next time. Yeah, no bigger story than those fans being allowed back into the grounds. Yes, there were only 2,000 allowed in. Yes, only half the clubs can have fans back in at this point. But still, we've waited nine months for this weekend. We're going to hear now from the managers, players, and some fans themselves on the return of supporters to the Premier League grounds. 52 years was my ago was my first game at Upton Park, so... It's great to be back at the London Stadium. Looking forward to the game today. It feels good to be back home, doesn't it? Yeah, really good. You know, I think it's something that everyone knows the game's missed and um, it's what, what makes the game so special. And, um, you know, we were speaking before the game in the, in the changing room and it's just a great feeling to have, to have some fans back. It's, you know, I know it's only, what was it today, 2,000? Um, but it's much better than, better than nothing, so... Um, yeah, I'm glad that, that some fans can come back and enjoy the football. Absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, it's amazing what 2,000 people can do when you think it might sound that it's not much in a, a stadium of this type. But it was a lot. Credit to the fans. They came, they brought their voice, they brought their support for the team. And against a good team like Leeds and the stresses they put you under, you need your fans behind you. And the 2,000 were brilliant. I'm delighted they got the result that we all wanted tonight. There's no hiding place now because you can hear everything they say, can't you, players? Yeah. Different pressures now. Yeah, you can, you can. You can hear those bits and um, the, the odd uh, shout comes through to the players. But that's what it's about. I think it's been uh, very interesting and challenging having no fans. We're all ready for the fans to come back. Players need that. Maybe that pressure of all sorts is is a good thing. Yeah, obviously, I think uh, everyone everyone felt uh, the the difference. Obviously, oh yeah, we miss them. I think everyone does, and yeah, it was a, was a big difference, big massive massive difference. So we we're really happy to they're back to the stadium, and yeah, get three points. Even more more happier than uh, 
Yeah, it's very good. Of course, they enjoy. Um, even going away, I think even the Arsenal guys, they enjoy to have people back. And of course, we go to, to Palace, a place where normally you take Tottenham fans with you. We don't take. But I'm happy for the Palace fans, you know. I'm, I'm happy for the people that love football. The game, the atmosphere, it was um, so nice. We came in and we had directly goosebumps. Eh? So you thought, oh my God. I had no idea. It's too long ago that I had 2,000 people in the stadium, to be honest. So you don't know it anymore. And um, But 2,000 people, when they're the right people, they can obviously make a proper atmosphere. And was not only the cop, but over here and the, on the main stand, and I, they, they were they started. You never walk alone, and so like it was really nice. I had no idea that the, that it could feel that good. To be honest, was, was it a bit emotional? Oh yes, absolutely touching. Look, it's we have December. It started in February yeah, for all of us, and um, we are all desperate to to get some normality back and um, normality is, is, is good maybe before we, we didn't appreciate it enough um, sometimes and um, but if I don't think that phase or that period is good for anything apart from that we rethink or overthink a few a few things in our life and um, having what would we would have said if we have a home game and 2,000 people show on the app we would have said oh my god what, what's happening here but really it was very very touching yes striking how happy all the managers and players are to have fans back and we're happy you're with us here on this monday homage for along with robbie musto and for the first time we welcome in studio danny higginbotham welcome danny thank you it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure i'm used to speaking to you from uh, from a stadium yeah. in the uk so to be in the studio is um is an absolute pleasure called several games for us seen you there 200 premier league appearances seen you there as well sharing a studio with musty for the first time not easy come true not right? easy. <laughs> not, not easy i've spent time with him before at yeah. pre-season at derby so i i know what to expect but yeah he's a good guy <laughs> he'll get his lumps in here from time to time um I'm curious to talk to you about this whole mm. fans returning thing because as a player obviously you had that perspective as a broadcaster as well but you called some games where there were no fans in attendance. How striking was that uh, for you? I think the word I'd use is soulless. Um, I think it was a means to an end at first, and everybody did it as, as, as well as, uh, as humanly possible. But what I must say is give great credit to, to the players, the managers, because how they dealt with it, it must have been like a pre-season game for them. I'm up in the gantry and I've got the, the fake crowd noise in my ear, so, so sometimes you can, you can lift yourself up. But for the players and, and the managers, it must have been very, very difficult. And, you know, full credit to them because they've dealt with it unbelievably well. I've said it over the last couple of months. It's almost like we may have taken fans for granted mm. after all, all these years on what they've written, the value they add to each of these games. Yeah, maybe the football clubs now and everything. Everybody in football might appreciate the fans a little bit more and, and what it means for them to be in the stadium. And, and it's, a it's been a difficult period with the pandemic and stuff and that feel-good factor with even people sat at home down in England watching that and, and the fans starting to come back in is, is going to be a big deal. It's going to make everybody feel a little bit like normality's on its way back. And no matter which team you support, you know, the Anfield, you'll never walk alone, whether it's a full house, whether it's 2,000, is an iconic... It's, it's a part of what makes English football special. It just is. And I know there's United fans out there that won't agree with me, but I'm telling you, seeing that yesterday live with, and then, of course, a manager afterwards doing this and getting those fans going, that's what football's all about. That's what it needs. Football needs the fans. The fans need football. And it's a small part of getting back in, a, of course, in a very safe manner. We have to be aware of what's going on in the world, but it was wonderful to see it this weekend. Yeah, the clubs are going to try to do this, as you mentioned, as safely yeah. as possible because that's how you get 
get more fans. And that's yeah. how you get into Tier 1 where we can have maybe 4,000 fans, maybe even more than that come January. So how does this change it from a manager's and player perspective here, Danny? Because I know you talked to Graham Potter, who we'll see today with mm. Brighton. How do they have to, you know, maybe act differently in these times? Yeah, I had a brief chat with him this morning, and it was really interesting because I've never thought about it before. He said to me that the players, the body language has to be absolutely spot on. They've got to go out there. They've got to be positive. But more than that, he even said he wants the players to involve the fans, even if that means gestures towards the supporters. We've seen it all the time, you know, where a good tackle goes in and all of a sudden the players are lifting are lifting their arms in terms to, to get the fans going. Mm. And he said he sat down, he's had meetings with them, and he said it's so important to be positive because at times when you're playing without supporters, one of the things you can do, there's no urgency to get the ball mm. forward. So you can go backwards mm. at times. He said, but, you know, it's important we're on the front foot uh, this evening. And we're passing forward, we're being positive, but he was so excited about getting fans back in the I ground. I mean, the, the, just the importance of the games will feel better for the players. Like, like there's people there that's going to hold them accountable, that's going to mm. keep them honest, it's going it's to um, increase their intensity, the focus of the game, the fans being there, players driving into stadiums, knowing that fans will be there, will just get them a little bit more in tune with what's going ahead. So, yeah, it's lovely to see the smiling faces of the players and managers and everybody comes out, even us in the studio. Mm. Uh, we yeah. were loving it this weekend. It was, it, was, it was fun to watch, and which is why it is crucial that the protocol are followed so that this can continue yeah. and the teams themselves are holding themselves accountable. The latest results from the last round of COVID testing have just come in just moments ago. 1,483 tests were conducted, 14 new positives. That's over the last week there. So 14 new positives over the latest round of testing in the Premier League. Three points moving them fifth in the table. Don't want to make every game a referendum on VAR, but, Robbie, you say you agree yeah. with the call. Danny? Yeah, I have to. I think VAR gets a lot of criticism, but it's doing its job, and none more so than this evening. So, yeah, like Robbie said, I thought it was a very good call. So how impressed are you with what Southampton were able to do out there? I'm not going to call it a hostile environment, but for the first time you got fans screaming at you uh, against Brighton. You're down one nothing. you come back and get the victory. Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's like habit-forming results. And Brighton are in a habit at the moment where they can look pretty good. And this game was very, very even. Possession was almost identical. Shots and shots on target, very, very close. This was an even game. It looked like, to me, two teams that 1-1 kind of suits us both. But at the moment, you know, those key moments, Solly March got caught the wrong side, Ahmed. So it's even, but if you don't get those key critical moments right in games, if you're Brighton, then you are going to concede certain bits and pieces. So even though they've looked good, another story of they've got nothing out of this game. I think, I think what Southampton did at halftime, we talk about Hassan Hull, we go all the way back to the, the loss that they had 9-0 against Leicester and nobody thought there was any way back. You know, but what he's done... The players have stuck by him, and we talk about managers being proactive instead of reactive. He was proactive at half-time. He saw that there was danger from the two wing-backs from Brighton, so what he did, he changed the system, went to a 4-2-3-1, still allowed his two full-backs to go forward, but what he had was Ward-Prowse and... Um, Romeo. And Romeo, who would both sit. So they would take up the fullback position, still allowing the fullbacks to go forward. And as we saw, then Southampton were able to take control, and it's another great away victory for them. We've thought maybe Fulham, Burnley, West Brom, Sheffield United, the four clubs in that relegation battle. I mean, do we have to throw Brighton in there? I think people will, and rightly so. A long way to go yet, but with the points, they're very close to the relegation zone. I still think that this method from this manager and there's enough decent attacking players that they'll find a way to get away from it but you ask a question yeah they're going to be in it
Yeah, highly entertaining game for, for both sides, uh, but only one side coming away with the full three points. That is your Premier League update. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.